So we're going to start early November. No, as of the time of this recording, it's November 9th where I'm at. And uh, we're going to go over some Halloween stuff because there's <laughs> there's nothing like being topical, you know, and properly punctual, right, uh, Pavlos? Yeah, I mean, Halloween, so, so I've been told, is a state of mind, so... Yeah, it's an aesthetic more than a holiday. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Uh, do you um, do you remember uh, Pac-Man? Do I <laughs> know of Pac-Man? Yeah, I've heard of Pac-Man before. Yeah. No, no. Do you remember uh, specifically how Pac-Man uh, operated? <laughs> to, to put it neutrally. When you say operated, you mean collect little pellets and then get power pellets and then chase ghosts. Is is this yes. what you're discussing? Yes, I'm discussing and specifically the the manner of eating he employed, uh, which usually consisted of you know putting the pellets in his mouth. Is that isn't that right? <laughs> I don't know where this is going. Uh, I'm I'm a little nervous <laughs> as to the direction of this conversation. Well, but go ahead. Yes. Listen. What if <laughs> Pac-Man was Yoshi? <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know he could and actually not only could but would primarily eat things from afar by extending a tongue <laughs> out of his mouth. That would sound horrific. <laughs> yeah? yeah. Well, then uh, that's appropriate, I guess, for Pax Scary Halloween. Woo! <laughs> which is <laughs> which is the Pac-Man's Ghostly Adventures or whatever that series is called, uh, Halloween special from 2016, which I watched. <laughs> All right, let me ask reason. first, why did you watch it? I don't know. I would say uh, a whim, on on a whim. Like uh, you know, when you wake up and you have some fixed idea in your head, like uh, you know, I'm just gonna do this. How about we, how about I do this? And then, and my my uh, my idea was, you know, watch Pack Scary Halloween. And so I recruited Calvin, and uh, we watched Pack Scary Halloween. <laughs> Uh, it has a, it has a bunch of pack men and women, and uh, it has a, it has a Dracula uh, Pac-Man, which is probably the best part about it. And yeah, it is a, it's like basically. Also, let me let me, since you didn't seem to respond so well to the Yoshi idea, how about Pac-Man is Sonic. What do you mean by is these things? Like, d it, does Pac-Man <laughs> now have, like, an OC canon with a bunch of supporting characters? Or is it he runs really fast? Or is he now blue with spikes? What does this mean? <laughs> okay, let me rephrase. What if Pac-Man was Sonic from that uh, Sonic show, you know? the the That kind of Sonic. I uh, didn't see that called? show. I have. I still have no idea the what you're talking the, about. The Sonic, Sonic Boom, also has right? A show. Sonic Boom. That's yeah. right. Uh, you know, what if he had that teenager sass slash stupidity slash randomness? Uh, 
What about the, the, the how, how does that strike you? If Pac-Man was that. That doesn't sound particularly interesting. Oh, you love it? Oh, that's great. <laughs> then uh, you can watch Pac Scary Halloween. Um, you know, it's fun for the whole family, but also for the for the gentleman. <laughs> so, so this is not a glowing review, right? Uh, listen, I, I I'm not judging here. I'm just uh, you know, I'm just. Um, what I'm score just did you give Tenet on the Twin Geeks? Uh, Tenet. Yes. Tenet. Uh, I gave it a boy. I think a two, two out of ten. What would you rank Batman Scary Halloween? Listen, I mean, I would say it defies scales. It's uh, it's a class of its own. Um, I would say it is. Uh, I would give it maybe three power pellets out of uh five blinkies. Oh, okay, yeah. This uh, this ratio sounds about right. <laughs> yep, yep. So anyway, <laughs> um, do, do check that out. I mean, so that's you know, how you spent your late October. Um, I, I would I, I would wait till Christmas till I watch that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, a, it's a Christmas movie. That's you need that's the seasonal spirit. You see, yeah. this is a seasonal spirit. Yeah. There's also a Donkey Kong reference. Anyway, uh, hello, Rogan. We're back. <laughs> hey, this, is the Daydream, this is the Daydream cast. Um, we, uh, we were gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a thing that happened um, in early November, at least in America. And I think it mm. affected the rest of the world. And mm. um, Alex Trebek well, died. Yeah, really sad. It was yeah, really, was really sad, and I think we all collectively were like, "Let's not, let's not let's, yeah. have an episode." Right? Who would pay attention to a gaming podcast um, in that, you know, during that trying time? So uh, we took a week off. We're back, um, and uh, we we uh, you know we're here to celebrate Halloween, <laughs> and so uh, Brogan also has brought a a game. To do that, and it's uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay, yeah, this is more so going to be a general thing. I don't want to talk about the game itself. Uh, I kind of want to like for the recording. This is your new new favorite game. You love it. You constantly <laughs> play it. Okay, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. All right. I guess the thing that was interesting to me is how like the horror genre in games is going right now. Like, I wanted to check the pulse of it, and I think. And I think it's weird that there's, like, an entire subsection of it. I think there's a huge section of it influenced by, like, PT. But, like, even in that genre or, like, even in that zone of, like, PT, Resident Evil 7, mm -hmm. uh, countless indie horror or whatever, there's still, mm -hmm. like, a an effort to get Twitch streamers. I, I think it's a very, like, spectator-focused uh, yeah. thing. And I think especially when you look at... I would say possibly, I don't know, sales records, but the most popular horror franchise of video games in the 2010s, Five Nights at Freddy's, I think it's almost entirely spectator-based. The game's not very fun unless you see somebody <laughs> else scream. I, th I think that's the format. Yeah. Um, so, the format, can you, can you say something really quick about it? Okay, alright, so... The, the basically the format of a Five Nights at Freddy's game is you are a, most of the time there's exceptions to the rule you are a security guard in an old abandoned Freddy mm. Fazbear's pizza joint which is like a Chuck E Cheese or a Showbiz no. Pizza Bear um and there's animatronic creatures 
um, that are secretly evil and want to eat you in the middle of the night. So, uh, not eat, whatever, you know what I mean. They're trying to kill you. And so you have to watch the security cameras throughout the building to make sure they don't attack you. And when they mm-hmm. get near your uh, office, uh, you shut the doors, turn on the lights, or whatever it takes that specific creature in that <clears throat> specific game to, to get them away and survive till 6 a.m. When, yeah. when the dawn hits. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there are about uh, let me check my notes here 5,000 of these yeah that sounds about right I've, I think I've missed one or two um, I, th- I th- it's so easy for them to make to be made like mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be dismissive of the creator Scott Cawthon's work it's it but they are very clearly they clearly have a high turnout normally i think this upcoming one has a lot more effort put into it so i i guess that'll be something but like these these have a high turnout and the primary scare is the jump so like if you have failed to get the like if you have failed to protect yourself from a creature the creature will jump onto the camera and frighten you in a typical jump scare fashion like boo like that and um and again I don't think it's necessarily very like engaging other than the fact mm-hmm. that I don't like being jump scared. So I will do whatever possible to prevent it. Um, yeah. But for the most part, I think, I think the series instead fosters a community of people who spectate the game. And I think yeah. that's, that's an interesting way to go about how games are made in my opinion. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a game I would ever sit down and just play for myself <laughs> it sounds like the worst possible version of a horror game for you yes um right well i i i know the game just from you know uh, videos and stuff but uh yeah it's, it's not appealing to me in the slightest uh but uh well i mean i know. i guess to broaden it i i guess my question is is because I even see the spectator thing in the normal stuff. Like, I see it in Resident Evil, the PT stuff, or, mm. you know, as indie horror is going on for, for the video games. Like, there's a huge focus on um, YouTubers doing it and Twitch streamers mm. doing it. How do you feel about games being marketed in that way, where you're not meant to play it, you're meant to watch somebody else play it? I mean, it would be, it would be uh, you know... I don't know what the point would be to go like, oh, it's bad or it's good or whatever. I mean, it's just a, it's just a, you know, development that makes, um, makes sense in the context of. Uh, Do of you Twitch. think it's scary? Um, <laughs> it's not the kind of, it's not the kind of scare or not the kind of horror I, I personally think is worthwhile or some, you know, something that, that's something that I'm looking for. Um, think it's kind kind of reduces the uh, reduces horror to uh, you know very uh, sort of mechanical or uh, to to very um, I don't know like very reductive thing and uh, yeah it, it boils it down to a moment I think is the problem where yeah. where yeah well I mean I guess that's uh, I guess that was my larger complaint is like you can even see streamers stream name dropping it even though i haven't played it the the new amnesia game it becomes a very streamer focused game where i am sure like a large portion of people who have the primary experience are are just vicariously experiencing it and i don't know necessarily if developers 
in, intend for that specifically. I'm sure they do on some level. Or, uh, yeah, I, I just wonder how much it reduces the horror. And I, I, I wonder if there's a way to actually engage a player in a better way. I, I wonder about those things and I wonder about the evolution of the genre. Yeah, I mean, there's also Slender Man and stuff like that. I mean, there's ton- I feel like a constant stream of that stuff. And uh, I just don't feel like it's that, you know, it's the kind of horror that lasts. Yeah, like you said, it's it boils it down to the moment. It's uh, it's not the kind of horror that is uh, that conveys ideas that uh, um, you know is sort of trend- transcends um, trans- transcends the mere physical uh, reaction and uh, actually um, uses it as a as a platform to to tell something else. Um, you know, to to enhance something else um and uh, you know i think pt um which i always find a little bit iffy to talk about because it was you know just a little teaser but um even what was there i guess you, you could argue was uh, trying to sort of do a mix of the two but personally i you know people are uh and i think the fact that it uh you know, got removed and stuff, and uh, you know the entire history with Konami there. Uh, I think that helped it sort of be uh, evangelized in hindsight more than it should be. Like I, I personally, I didn't find it that interesting. Um, I, I think it's, that. I think it's, you know, I think it's skews more toward the the streamer thing and less, you know, the. Uh, I thought it was too much in that in that aspect. I think it should have been. Uh, I don't know, more subdued. Um, I, I I mean, I, I guess the larger point, and I agree with you, was I was trying to build a parallel between the two, whereas like this is this is the general direction the genre is going, and I wish it wasn't, but I I think mm-hmm. um, I just think it's the nature of uh, all of the genre at this point. I, I I don't know very many exceptions where you can't just look up the video and the gimmick is you're watching somebody else react to the horror. Yeah, there, there's also the very sort of bit cliche quote-unquote movie like uh you know the the the, the games are from the from the until dawn people where you know the new one just released uh like dark pictures anthology i think it's called or a little hope i think it's a new the new one is called the new episode or whatever um you know and that stuff is uh is very like you know that, that stuff combines more the more, uh, uh, you know, quote-unquote cinematic, or I would prefer, like, narrative-focused uh, uh, things where it's like, you know, you just make decisions, and uh, it's basically the a bit like, you know, telltale-infused, um, you know, series of, of quick-time events, basically. Um, and you pick some paths, and either people die, or you can save, you, can, you know, you can save... Very choose your own adventure, almost. Uh, right, right. You can save. You can save everyone, and um, <clears throat> um, I think I don't know. I think that stuff is could be um, implemented into a more round experience for me, and especially like I always feel like those games, the way they're written, it's usually always very derivative of. Uh, of of other stuff. Um, uh, I agree. Yeah. One I remember that it did, like you know, one of the um, one of the last, or maybe actually maybe the last good Silent Hill game. Uh, 
which was Shattered Memories, mm, did, I thought, some very interesting things uh, with uh, with that stuff, um, while still being, you know, uh, full full game, um, <clears throat> where you explore and stuff and run away. Well, yeah, um, to discuss, like, Shattered Memories on that, Shattered Memories also altered gameplay elements mainly aesthetics or story elements based on how the person played or what they looked at or what they answered and those moments really helped i i guess differentiate like i think that would be a nice way to uh separate and make sure that your gameplay experience is unique i think that's a major problem with horror is it's not unique enough so you feel like you can just watch a youtube video and get the experience yeah um but uh, but yeah, I mean, um, let's. I, I I think we should remain uh, hopeful, <laughs> and uh, you know, there's always gonna be something uh, something for you know something that falls into this niche of horror. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's just uh, you know, it's just a trend at the moment, a big boom for these uh, kinds of games, and I think there's you know there's also the uh, what's it called? The fan fa- phasmophobia, something like that. Uh, oh, I, th- I had the name. I don't know. But, uh, I don't. I, I don't know what you're referring to. Yeah, uh, it's like played by all the people on. Um, oh, it's it's on another Virgin one of stuff. the popular games right now. Yes. Yeah, 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 and it's like a cooperative ghost investigation thing where you're also chased or whatever or hunted. Um, you know that stuff is uh, can be can be fun, of course. I mean, uh, I think not... multiplayer experiences are probably another avenue for horror that um, no. maybe hasn't been fully explored yet. I would definitely be interested yeah. in that sort of stuff. And and we should say, like, I, I should point out the Dark Pictures anthology. Unlike the Until Dawn, the change that they made there was for these uh, new ones. They they are uh, playable in co-op, and I think intended for co-op. So basically, you take we started with two characters, and basically you do um, you you kind of go your own path for a while, then it intersects, and uh, you know you both have to uh, perform <clears throat> in the crucial moments. So um, you know they're trying stuff there. Uh, I yeah, for me those games just kind of lack an atmosphere. It's all very sort of uh, like yeah, it's moment to moment. You know, it, it keeps it's right trying to hook you moment to moment. It has a very like um, sort of AD, ADHD uh, quality to it, where it's like it's always got to be feeding you something, something new, a new prompt, a new red uh, herring, etc. Yeah, um, how many how many slow burns do we have nowadays? You know. Yeah, I think the slow burn is. Uh, Needs to needs to be needs to make a comeback in the in the horror genre. Um, I yeah. agree. Um, now, do you do you want to move on to the next thing, or did you have a final thought? No, actually, we can move on. We can move on to a different horror. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> by by uh, horror, you mean like uh, Downwell? Yes, the the horror that is Downwell. No, I mean. Uh, the horror that is roguelikes, actual roguelikes for a completionist. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to quickly mention Downwell, which I've been playing. Um, Downwell is a, is a roguelike, which is super cool. It's like a vertical um, 
orient like the screen is vertically oriented um basically you go down a well like the name says and you have gun boots which so you shoot basically from your feet which also propel you up and you uh, reload as soon as you touch the ground and um, basically obviously you keep falling down keep falling down and uh, killing uh, enemies um <clears throat> after like each level you can pick a perk which you keep for that game and um you know so you unlock like pretty cool color schemes and uh different stances which you start out with with give which give you like you know a boon just to one stat but oh, then another thing takes a hit like you get started with more health but i don't know something else is uh is um reduced as a result and uh you know um that's that's kind of it that's kind of the unlocks it's not like you it's not a rogue like light in the sense that because it, you don't unlock stuff that make each run um easier you know uh basically it's at the end of the day you still have to just you know perform and you know at some point have uh have your run to to the run that the you know and beat it and uh <clears throat> Yeah, and that's pretty tough for uh, because it is a tough game, and it's pretty tough for obviously someone who wants to finish games and move on. And I would be totally fine with just beating it, and I would consider that complete. I wouldn't have to do it like with different uh, with a different uh, builds or whatever. Um, that would be totally fine for me. But um, yeah, it, it's tough. It doesn't get easier, and uh, my uh, with with these real roguelikes, my uh, I usually um, sort of uh do this thing where uh, i um just you know start out do one run or two then have like one or two more runs where i'm where i'm concentrated and then my concentration slowly dissipates and like i can do maybe you know five decent runs and then after that i just you know lose interest for the moment and uh anything after that you can basically throw in the trash so uh it's uh and and that's kind of, and i feel like that's kind of not the way to beat it <laughs> i feel like you would need to have to, have to sit down and like grind at it and really get better because you know the game doesn't give, give you any improvements it doesn't give you any um doesn't give you any permanent upgrades or whatever and that's tough but the, the game is great of course i've been playing it i've been playing it since it came out with a big break in between but now i'm playing on, on switch but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I, I, I guess I could talk a little bit about like, I recently played uh, Hades, for instance, and that game is sort of the opposite in the approach of like, every time you go through a run, there is permanent rewards that you invest in and all that. It's it's less of a proper roguelike in that sense. It's it's more about just randomly gener random generation over uh, loss of progress. And um, yeah, I like I I sort of prefer the loss of progress more because when you feel like you're making improvements, you do feel like it is literally getting you're literally getting better at the mechanics and awareness of the game. When you get further in Downwell, the further you go, the more you feel accomplished in what you've done versus well, you know, I've saved up enough gold to get this new weapon in Hades. Well, now things are easier for me. Um, I, it it feels it feels more earned in that sense, even if it may be more frustrating for a completionist. Um, 
I, I can definitely see that. I liked, I personally like the simplicity, yet the variety featured in Downwell, as, as particularly with the gun boot builds and all that. All that stuff was super fun. I liked the little aesthetics to it. And I, it's frustrating when it when you can't rely on muscle memory, like when we play like old retro games because it's so concrete in what happens. You know mm-hmm. when an enemy spawns, you know where the level design is. And in these games, you literally have to rely on uh, just your base knowledge and not sort of memorizing patterns. And that's tough. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, I had the same, same, same thing with Spelunky and you know, all that stuff. That's basically the same in every run and uh yeah it's tough for me to uh keep keep you know keep playing playing to, to play it in the way i would play a you know a regular game where i would just have a longer session with it um it's very easy to um like one run it feels longer than its actual length <laughs> if that makes sense yeah um so so yeah i mean the way you approach those roguelikes is how sometimes i'll approach a boss or something it's it's when you get frustrated that it becomes a problem like you'll get far and then you'll make a mistake and then you've you've basically hit your peak and then after that it's just downhill and it's frustrating um i find usually that stepping back taking a break especially like an extended break those stuff really helps me but then it's also frustrating because it's like no i should be able to continue playing this game and getting better but it's it's hard i i I agree right um but yeah take breaks drink Uh, damn you down well ah i guess i guess nintendo had the right idea just uh you know, every game needs a screen that pops up to ask you to uh, take a break. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Nintendo. I hate you. I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> uh, what else do we have to think? Oh, you know what? Yeah, no, screw Nintendo. I've, I'm done with portable Nintendo <laughs> systems. I'm on my phone, baby. I got a new phone. I've been playing new games. I'm about to get some new games. And I'm ready. I'm ready for that mobile life. Yeah, <laughs> we've lost it to the, the to the free to play gods. Uh, um, you know what upsets me about the free to play thing? Uh, okay, so for the record, the the game I have picked up recently is uh, not released in America. It's Rockman X Dive, because um, I like Mega Man a lot. And uh, I've been playing that, and I've been thinking about getting into the Looney Tunes game before I've played the random, like, Marvel Avengers-like team games. Same with, uh, which one? I also did the Disney Mage one for a little bit. These games, these games, what's disappointing is, is the grind and the collecting valuable characters that you like is the primary function of the game. And the Mm. actual gameplay is very, very lacking. That's what really hurts, is I think my opinion. No, that's that is totally the case. Like you play for the the feeling of you know getting that legendary or whatever. Uh, yeah, like like obtaining the the epic loot or the character that you want, um, is the goal of the game, and that that sucks on a on a certain level because I want to be able to play a Mega Man without being bored. And playing a Mega Man while being bored is actually not the best way to play Mega Man, you know? No. 
Um, the gameplay itself is very, like, very not platform-focused. I mean, it's on a phone, so I wouldn't want platforming to be too demanding. But, like, it's auto-aim. It's very, like, it's just very basic. And it, it relies much more on how much you've maxed out your equipment and your, your stuff over any sort of uh, challenge or anything. The game is very easy when it's not about a grind. I'm sad is what I'm well, trying to say. Well, uh, that's a bummer. Um, but but what about uh, you know? There's there's another uh, there's another game that looks much more promising, right? Uh, uh, forget forget Mega Man. Uh, especially you know the problem is that it's Mega Man X. That's the that's why it's why it's why it's bad. We're gonna get into this on a hot take time, but I don't know what your problem with Mega Man X is. <laughs> <laughs> your anti Mega Man X stance is brutal. I'll just say that. that. Uh, yeah, no, that, I'm just kidding mostly. But uh, <clears throat> you uh, you also showed me uh, you know a game that looks really fantastic. Dune's uh, Dune's <laughs> World of Mayhem. High, highest quality, where where the loot you're trying to get is Zoot Suit Daffy, the Kukuracha guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I remarked that the that the characters that I would want to get, like the, for me the iconic ones, uh, like iconic sort of uh, short like versions of these characters from certain uh, shorts, um, that they were only like rare. Uh, you know, Instead or, of epic or, or legendary, whatever the next is, and the legendary ones were really—I didn't care about those at all. I mean, some of them were okay, but overall, it was like—I uh, don't know, like Aztec, Elmer Fudd, or whatever. I don't, I don't even know. But like, what? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I absolutely agree, and like, it—it's very lackluster. I mean. The game itself, by the way, like I, I've looked into it since uh, our discussion on it, and uh, it's it's the same as what I've just said before. It's the same as Star Wars: Galaxy of Heroes. It's the same as uh, um, the Marvel shit. Like it's it's just like a weird turn-based system where you have like two options per character. Yeah. And um, the gameplay looks very lacking, but. Uh, but yeah, that that it. weird that weird system order where the characters that are enjoyable and you actively want is like um seems like a manageable tier is uh, interesting to me at least. I'm putting that foot down, but Barber Bugs has to be legendary tier. <laughs> has to be. Um, I'm I'm really just uh when I assemble my team, it's gonna be all Daffy Ducks. It's gonna no. be it's gonna be Duck Dodgers. It's gonna be I hope they have the I don't know if they do, I haven't checked it. I hope they have the duck amuck one where it's just him being like an amorphous blob of like flower alien, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where he's like on all fours and he's waddling. I want that. That's the character I wanna be. <laughs> I think I may have may have even played this at some point. Uh, <laughs> but uh, forget. This sounds like, like a Pavlos game. I no, I mean uh, like I had a phase there where I would uh, just try random gacha games based on themes that I like, properties that I liked. I played I played some Digimon one while for a while even, mm-hmm. and some others. How much Digimon uh, <laughs> have you played? But I've, I'm cured. I'm uh, no, I'm a change. <laughs> you purged the gacha. Yeah. 
um, that had my exorcism. Um, well, well, in praise of Genshin Impact, um, Genshin Impact had a satisfying gameplay element to it. So um, sure, I still gave up on it, but I mean, <laughs> hey, that was a good that was a good five hours. You know, it's okay. Once it hits switch, I'll. Uh... Oh, it's my turn. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's your turn to dedicate a few hours into it and then give up. Yeah, hopefully. Right now I'm only pulling for, for the Fire Emblems. Oh, is uh, the, hey, is Lin. the Fire Emblem gotcha good? What's that? Is the Fire Emblem gotcha good? Oh, I would say so. Like, it's... Uh, it's it's it, it's it is considered one with the best sort of rates and uh, also gives out a good amount of free uh, orbs and stuff to pull. So wow, and uh, I like the I like the gameplay. It's like a smart, um, mobile version of uh, of that gameplay of that uh, you know strategy gameplay. But but yeah, I mean I would never start it now. That's so like that's the thing we talked about last time when you just come to one of these late. They've added so many features that if you were there from the beginning, you would have like um, followed you know the. The updates update by update and just keep that keep up that way but now if you start it it's just it would be so overwhelming with the uh, features and currencies and blah and yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't recommend to to start it uh, that's the best also for me the best cure to gotcha is like if i didn't play from the start then i not even t- i'm not touching it it's <laughs> yeah it feels like, alien or it, it feels like one of the most like impenetrable uh barriers to entry even more so than like an mmo i think mmos are slightly better than that you know depending on what it is i but i get the same feeling from like a world of warcraft where it's like okay i usually start out uh still start out slow and give you a tutorial and stuff and you know there's a proper build-up when you start a gacha it's like okay you may be locked off from some stuff at the start but still you started you have like five thousand news um, you know, the, the news pop-up that comes up in every gacha game when you start it up. It's like current events and maintenance and blah and, um, you know, and then you click through that and then you come to the title screen. You get 15 login bonuses because that's how many are going right now. And then you're just sitting there. You It's like, what? Where do I, what? Where do I start? What is, what's happening? Uh, yeah. And you can't do any of the events, and you start some event, and it's like, okay, this is way too hard. Obviously, not for new players. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's a rough time. I mean, I'm gonna keep playing Rockman X Dive till I get Proto Man. Proto Man's my goal. I've gotten like they throw me all other kinds of characters. I've gotten Halloween Vile, and I can't get Proto Man. <laughs> so I'm very upset. <laughs> they've they've got me hooked for at least another couple days. All right. Well, congrats on your Halloween vial. Uh, you got any hot takes, Pavlos? I got a hot take for you, and Let's that is it. Sonic Unleashed is good. It's a good game. I've heard this take before. Now, when you say this, is the hot part that all of it's good, or is the hot part that, like, <laughs> only the day stuff is good? The hot part... The, well, the first of all, the, uh, the, the, the not-so-hot part it's actually pretty well acknowledged is that the ps2 and Wii versions are the good versions because uh, they cut out a lot of uh, basically to unlock new levels you need to collect some dumb metals in the overworld and um 
the uh, that's in the PS3 and 360 versions. You have to like, you know, often you'll be you'll be uh, there's there'll be you know get, you'll be kept from progressing because uh, you don't have enough of these dumb medals. And uh, PS2 and Wii are just you know just uh, you just progress through them. There's no uh, none of that overworld stuff. Uh, well, there is, but it's not like uh, you don't need um, these medals, and uh, it's uh, um, it's much more linear, so to speak. Um, and yes, basically, my argument is the Sonic sections are some of the best 3D Sonic sections. They're super fun, and the Werehog sections. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm ups. buckled in for the hot take now. Well. Listen, beat 'em ups. I will, I will, I will. Say, I'm, a, I'm a fan of beat 'em ups, but I will be also the first one to say that <clears throat> that they are not. Um, and I think we should collectively, maybe, you know, there there needs to be more reflecting uh, done on uh, on beat 'em ups. I think there's it's an interesting genre to meditate about, uh, but uh, I would say it's it is a kind of a trashy genre. Which you know, there's uh, there's beat 'em ups with uh, with you know more subtlety, more mechanics, like combos and you know actual actual like nuance nuance to the gameplay. And then there's just you know straightforward uh, mash the button. I'm me, I'm like, always shocked know. when people are like, we need to bring back like the Simpsons arcade game or like the X Men arcade game, as if those games are like particularly complex like they're they're pretty games and they're like nice to play in an arcade with other people mm -hmm. but like yeah i think the beat-em-up genre especially on that stage maybe not so much the werehog stage was very repetitive and even when you go into 3d and you get into like god of war and stuff is like there it's still very lacking like it's it's a variety issue for me and it's also like sure. a sort of like uh it's an engagement issue especially when you go into um you know, quick time events or basic combos that aren't satisfying or whatever. Like, I, I think if you're not something like uh, a particular action game like Devil May Cry or Ninja Gaiden, where you have like a deliberate uh, idea about encounters, and if you're just a mash the button to get rid of the guy thing, I think it's a very lacking genre. And those are certainly the, you know, the good evolution of, of 3D beat em up, so to speak, is like the Devil May Cry by Aneta. Kind. Meanwhile, but, we still have Battletoads. Battletoads just came out again. And... But there is a, there is also a tr sort of 3D beat 'em up tradition. You know, Final Fight had one, etc. Where it's like, uh, this is just a normal beat 'em up except in 3D. And those were, you know, those are traditionally bad. Yeah. And I think Sonic Unleashed's beat 'em up is totally fine. And I, I have no fun with it. It's it's a, it has combos. It does one of the two main things a beat em up should do, which is look good and sound good. And it sounds good. The soundtrack is uh, is is great. Uh, as is, is also like the entire soundtrack is great, but also for those sections, very jazzy, very very good. And um, and you know it it is. It, I can see the the section being a bit long and a bit repetitive for sure. But you know, as a 3D beat 'em up, in that, like in that sort of traditional sense, um, which you also saw like a lot of on PS2 and stuff, um, I think it's totally fine, and I even have fun with it. And 
I certainly don't think it kills the game or anything. I think it's a it's the pretty good part of uh, to pretty good half to a exceptionally good half. I think together it's a, it's a good game. That's the the my equation here. <laughs> wow. Um how much do I disagree with this? I must sit down and meditate. Even though I didn't play Sonic Unleashed that long. Um, nor did I, I played the 360 version, so I may be like completely off base to the amount of werehog sections or how repetitive it is, um, in questing. Uh, sure. I'll take it. I'll take the, I'll take the opinion. You didn't talk about Sonic Boom. Let me ask though, (laughs) what is, what is the crown jewel of 3D Sonic games? Ooh. The, Sonic this Unleashed. is the tough shit. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess probably generations. Sure. That makes sense. I yeah, know. I, I, I it is between it that, sense. Unleashed, and Colors. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Colors format of the modern Sonic sections are probably ideal. Or, like, obviously Unleashed is very similar to that as well. I think the original Sonic Adventure style is so dated, I don't think people can actually like it anymore. Oh, no. No, uh, no. I think it's dead. Like, yeah, no, that's not it. <laughs> um, yeah, I I like colors, but um, you know the wisps. I wouldn't say it's like enough to be my favorite, but so it's it is generations probably, I guess. And but like, yeah, I mean my very like my my in, in the in the spirit of the hot take my answer could also be unleashed because i have like a soft spot for it and um definitely like it more than most people so yeah wow okay all right all right um what is your hot take i don't know how hot this take is um yeah. but i was going to say my favorite controller or at least standard controller cuz like i mean you could talk about like portable hardware in terms of like control no, design. yeah console controller like console con- but not even just that because like you could also talk about the fucking wii or wii u controller and i do like the wii i i, I particularly like the wii controllers i guess is a i, I don't think it's a hot take um i like the wii mm-hmm. controller i like the classic controller on the wii as well um but my personal favorite controller as of uh, now, I think they do get better and better. I think the Xbox One controller might be ergonomically my favorite controller. I don't know. My only issue is they still haven't like cracked the D-pad, but the D-pad is still very satisfying in a in a way that I I think is like surpassed even Sony controllers. Hmm. Yeah, I've certainly heard that. Um, I've certainly heard that opinion. Uh, regarding the Xbox One controller, I don't think it's a it's a controversial choice. I would say it's uh, um, yeah. In fact, I'd, I'd say it's a pretty good choice for like tra- traditional controller, like for non uh, Nintendo. And, and I mean, I mean, I guess to go into punishing Sony here for a second, people might think I'm a Sony fanboy. I'm, I'm I might be a little bit, but I'm not a lot. Uh, I think Sony has definitely hit a rut when it comes to controller design they thought dualshock 2 slash 3 they just kept making the same iterations and like the original format was good but i think they are absolutely getting worse i don't particularly like the playstation 4 controller for instance i think the 
almost the quasi touchpad scenario in the center is ugly and Ugh. not very useful and like the gyromite or like the no, I said gyromite the the gyroscope <laughs> uh aspects to it are very lacking like it it doesn't feel like a doesn't feel like a proper uh iteration i guess it it feels lazy yeah the i i i really don't like dual shocks uh you know two is the last good one for me just think three and four i just i think they feel pretty bad yeah Uh, yeah i mean i think i think worst might be dual shock three dual shock two is the last time where i was like okay this feels good and i think dual shock one is still especially for the time uh a good controller but sure sure we we've we, we are far away from those days yeah no i think uh and five it seems like i don't know i i i think it it can go gimmicky in a way that i don't trust sony to uh work with very well but i, I know, think the only I, company I that can properly do gimmicks is nintendo like right. I, I, th- I think microsoft and sony on the gimmick hardware train uh just don't understand it they, they don't understand the experience yeah I could be proven wrong, but uh, you know. I I like to be proven wrong in these scenarios, but sure, sure. You know, right? Um, well, interesting. M- maybe maybe we, we could go into re- maybe re- we could go into a retail store and steal uh, a PS5, Pavlos. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this transition? I like it. I like it. <laughs> if I did that, I would be like Garrett, the protagonist of Thief: The Dark Project. That's um, what I'm talking about. After however many episodes, we've smoothly woven conversation <laughs> into the main topic. Yeah, now uh, we just need to not draw attention to it. <laughs> uh, do you want to do the summary? I mean, I guess we'll go back and forth on it. I think there's a lot to cover, even in basics. Um, yes, so we'll see what I've, happens. Uh, I have my trusty notes, of course. Um so Thief the Dark Project, which uh, came out in 98, it, it got a um, gold edition the year after, which I think is the one we both played, right? Uh, yes, I'm not sure. Is it is it is it like an expansion pack mixed in with it, or is it just the pack? Is it just it is itself? it is a sort of reworking. It adds some missions. It redesigns some missions. Um, so it is more. And for example, to give an example. You have to get like four uh, talismans or whatever. Uh, and uh, the talismans are split in gold. Whereas like in, go ahead. in the Dark Project, one is like one level has two of them, and for example, in gold because they added the new mission added missions, one of them you know they split it up. That's an example for for that. Uh, there's I don't think there's a reason not to play gold, but um, but yeah, I'm not not an expert. This game also has a big modding scene, which with, with like a ton of like mods you can put on it for various quote-unquote improvements if you want those um of all kinds of all sorts but uh i don't I'm, think i'm either curious of us did. to see those i would think a texture mod we'll get into textures possibly but like i think those would probably be the primary mods to look at sure um so thief uh, again a 98 originally it follows uh the orphan garrett who is trained to be a thief by a, by a so-called keeper. Um, I'll get into what those are in a bit. Um, the the first two thieves, the Dark Project and um, Metal Age, Thief 2 Metal Age, is, are, were developed by Looking Glass Studios. Um, 
And uh, the third one in 2004 was made by Ironstorm, which um, Looking Glass Studios uh, went uh, bust and uh, a lot of former employees from Looking Glass made also the third one, Deadly Shadows. <clears throat> and um, in 2014, the publisher, IDOS, uh, you know, who still kept the property, um, they made a, a reboot, which was just called Thief. Um, and uh, that was in 2014. Uh, those are the four, four Thief games out there at the moment. We're covering the first one, um, which was a groundbreaking game in a lot of ways. Um, well, for example, um, it, uh, it, it is one of the forerunners of what we now uh, call um, emergent gameplay, which a lot of games like, uh, well, all basically all stealth games after that, like Splinter Cell and uh, Dishonored and stuff like that, um, took, uh, you know, basically they were just based based on this uh, or like, you know, relied on, on this advancement um, because the game uh, focused on um, non-scripted events, just having things play out naturally, uh, just with uh, like, um, you know, complex uh, AI states, which um, hadn't been done to that degree before, where... AIs react to things. They react to sounds. They react to uh, to what they see. They have various states of suspicion to alert, um, and um, th- you know those are in interplay with each other. Um, the game uses, uh, like I said, the sound. It uses sort of light and shadow um, for that stuff. Basically, you're playing from in a first person perspective. Uh, you're a thief, so you you want to avoid conflict, which is also a uh, which was also a huge thing. Um, obviously, uh, stealth games existed in 2D, but um, in not in you know not with this kind of first person perspective, uh, which was usually identified with the first person shooter, uh, which was thriving obviously at that point. And um, this this one of course is about uh, you're, you're avoiding um, conflict and uh, so you uh, you you have missions, you have objectives, uh, you have to steal stuff, um, and uh, depending on the difficulty, you get some extra objectives, and uh, you also have a loot um, sort of threshold that you have to loot quota that you have to hit, and uh, the uh, loot works is like a very sort of liberal thing where it's like all throughout the level are different trinkets and you know gold and stuff and other stuff that's worth. Uh, money that you can pick up along the way, but it's like you will miss stuff. It's it's like you you just have to um, you just go for as much as you can basically, Um, and you know depends on also what kind of playstyle you have. It's all very sort of free form, Um, and uh, again, it the game plays uh, plays with uh, with with. It's uh, emergent, emergent gameplay. It just uh, gives you a tool set basically, and a rule, and sort of lets you play with that tool set within a rule set, so to speak. Um, <clears throat> part of that tool set are a blackjack, which you can, you know, which is your main thing, a main main uh, weapon. You can incapacitate uh, NPCs with that. You have a sword and a bow, which you know can be used for combat. Um, the bow has different arrows, which are 
maybe the most important thing, or like actually, I would say they are the most important thing besides the blackjack, um, because there's different arrows that you can use. There's water arrows, arrows which you know you can um, uh, sort of douse fires, but also um, uh, you can remove bloodstains with that, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I guess, I, I mean, we could talk about arrows in a little bit, but I mean, I would say the big thing about arrows is they enable different stealth options. Like the water arrows can turn off torches, which are very important for light purposes. Literally, yeah. you, like you stay almost invisible in the shadows practically. So <laughs> when you get rid of a torch um, with a water arrow, then like, hey, you've got a lot more shadow to walk around on. Or there's a moss arrow, for instance, you can go into others more. But like that will pad your footsteps because uh, the sound design is really particular in this game. And if you walk on certain uh, surfaces, you will make sound. Um, so yeah. moss is meant to sort of, you know, cover that. Yeah, the different surfaces also play a big role for the sound that you make walking on them. Uh, I mean, might as well just finish it now. There's fire arrows, which can relight the torches and, you know, also do more damage. And there's rope arrows, which are my favorite. Uh, basically, uh, if you see something made out of wood, you can shoot a rope arrow into it and that, and you'll have a climbable rope that you can jump to. And that enables a lot of options uh, for go for making it around the architecture of the levels. Um, the last thing mechanically that I want to mention is um, the little gem or little HUD that you have. That um, basically it's like a it's like a little gem that is bright when you're visual when you're visible and sort of changes changes um, brightness depending on um, well how visible you are. So that's also a pretty early uh, uh, example of. Um, Innovation, like something that became obviously a staple in so many 3D uh, stealth games, uh, you know, something that indicates your visibility is all is already present here in in Thief. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, I th I think that's the main thing. Uh, those are the main. Uh, I, I think those are the essential you points. To crouch go around. Yeah. Uh, what's that? Go ahead. Continue. No, I think uh, we should uh, like the other big thing that I we should talk about is like the um, art design and the world yeah, and absolutely. The, the plot. And I mean, I can I can discuss it a little bit. Um, so the setting is really curious because it sort of combines multiple influences. There's a sort of fantastic element involving the hammers versus the pagans, which we can go into mm -hmm. if we talk about the story. Um, but mm -hmm. it's but like the mood is meant to be a sort of like a all. Almost Victorian, but there's a definite medieval influence to it when it goes into yes. knights and all of that. Yes. But there's also a steampunk sort of thing, and then there's again there's a there's a hard fantasy to it regarding you know demons. Well, I I guess you'd say undead or ghosts or um, yep. just like the you know stuff like that. Like um, and I think beyond that, what I personally like about this game a lot is uh, there's personality to it. I think there's a sarcasm or a humor to it that goes beyond that, because I think if it was that alone, 
I mean, the game would still be very notable and enjoyable, but I personally like the personality of Garrett, the the lead. He will comment to himself regarding things you have done or are yeah. doing um, in the game, and he seems like a dirtbag. Like he is a <laughs> he is a very terrible person. Um, most of the game is essentially you wanting to steal shit. Um, it's not, it's not like mostly noble, maybe near the end it is when you do actual heroic things, but like until that point you are stealing from rich people. And I mean, I guess to note almost everybody else is just as shitty, if not worse, but you know, like I, I still like the humor in it. Uh, another easy point of the humor is like when you're sneaking around, paying attention to the patrols or hiding in shadows while uh, guards talk, for instance, and guards say the dumbest shit or just funny shit. Some are even drunk, for instance, um, yeah. and you're you're meant to enjoy it. Like it's meant to be fun, even when you're, you know, in the dark shadows being edgy. It can give you information also what you can hear. Um... And uh, yeah, it's uh, the setting. It's like this, you know, city called the city, <laughs> which uh, I yeah, I totally agree. The sort of amalgamation of these various influences. It's very deliberate. And whoops. uh oh, the sound of an object dropping to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, it is very this very much this gritty, sort of twisted, like you know a bit mean like y2k aesthetic except it's not like a present setting so it gets a cyber spin it's this medieval setting that gets sort of uh the the futurist spin but it's like future um future from from uh, the point of view of of medieval times so uh, that's how i sort of um framed it for me it's like future uh, influences from the point of view of a medieval time so it's not like you know, d digital cyber stuff, but it's, it's what they would imagine the future to be. Sure, or like you know, eras that came after it. Like I said, there's a lot of industrialization elements and uh, and and some fantasy stuff, right? And some some steampunk. Um, and I think the place and the the, the setting and stuff. Um, again, it is a very like somber and, and dark and um, but and and the cutscenes are like this comic style and. Uh, um I also agree I like this I like the first person narration by by Garrett uh um and I think that stuff is what makes the what elevates the game uh, beyond the pure innovation of the gameplay I think it's very evocative for me and uh you know something that they would also build on in uh later games yeah um, and I can't speak to I, I I've only heard about the thief reboot you know um the most recent one um and i heard in that one like garrett is sort of like a plain-faced protagonist and i think that's like a that's shocking to me because like yeah. it's probably one of the most notable things about this game is that sort of like edge to it and it's not even like a it's not even like a dark edge it's just like a funny edge where it's just like oh i'm playing a shithead aren't i and uh, it's fun um i guess yeah uh, if I don't know how much more you want to talk about it, but um, I would go personally into I think the main appeal of this game, even beyond what we've just said, is sort mm -hmm. of learning the the level's architecture, and yeah. and it can be a good thing or a bad thing. What's nice is that the story itself um, goes in and out. It's almost episodic in a way. It near the yeah. like. 
the second half becomes much more focused. Uh, you you literally like learn the real quest a couple missions in. So like the first yes. few missions are almost meandering tests, literally. And um, yeah, and they're fun. I, I I sort of enjoy the episodic aspect of them, and um, really. They they also have a heavy amount of variety to them, but most of the time you're going to be given a little playground. And when I say little, uh, it's quite big for the time this game came out. Like most of the areas are pretty big and um, it involves you learning where you need to go and how to get inside. Most of the time it's a fortress or a castle or a nobleman's mansion or something. And you yeah. have to sneak in uh, like as DD said with, or as, as Pavlo said with the, uh, with the rope arrows, it's easy example is you would shoot up into the thing and it would give you a little rope so you can climb up and reach a, a higher floor of a mansion you need to get into or something. Um, so it's it's minor things like that that make you have to be creative about how to approach the level. And that stuff's really, really cool and very appealing. For sure. I think, um, yeah, there's several, like, there's a lot of ways to do stuff. Um, and that openness is definitely the, the main appeal to it. But it can also be the, um, you know, it can also be intimidating. And um, <laughs> Yes, it can. Yeah, you can. You have a map, but uh, yeah, it's like it can be easy to get lost or. Let know. me ask you, uh, Pavlos, how good was the map for you? <laughs> I feel like that's a loaded question. <laughs> that is a loaded question. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's not the best map. <laughs> Most of the, I mean, they vary depending on the area you're in. Um, sometimes they're more detailed. Sometimes they're they're very not detailed. Um, so it requires uh, it requires you to be in the zone, looking at it and making sense of the map as you see it in real time. Um, and yeah. that can especially be a problem if the area. I think I think it's less of a problem in like um, in mansions or temples or in the city aspect. But when you get into caverns or mines, um, it, it the the textures start to repeat and um, the hallways start to blur together, and it can be very difficult. No, for sure, that is definitely true. Um, that is definitely been an issue. I I would say for me, my biggest problem with the game. So you know, it's a, it's a stealth game. It's uh, it establishes because it establishes so much that we've come to know since then. It um, it also is very recognizable in those things, obviously, because it already does them. Um, like you uh, sneak up on guards, you blackjack them, you like you, you knock them out, you drag them to a spot where they're not found. Um, and, you know, it's like this big clockwork thing and uh, you have to get behind the, you know, you have to understand the mechanism and, uh, you know, find the point of incision um, where you can, we can infiltrate. And uh, <clears throat> for me, that stuff is all very appealing, including the setting and stuff. And, you know, uh, the story is, is a bit stupid, but like it like it goes a bit. It's very like, um, you know, it's a, it's a very like, um, <laughs> how would you say, like it's a it's a good versus evil story. Like, um, but it is a bit subverted by your perspective, uh, being the that of the of this thief. You know, um, that's that's what makes it makes it interesting. Um, but um. For me, the big problem is uh, that there's uh, 
aspects and I think you will agree with me uh, based on your comments uh, throughout the weeks uh, <laughs> that um, there's different kinds of um, enemies or different kinds of NPCs. Yes. There's um, guards which you know will react like guards. There's a sort of uh, you know civilians or like other um, like staff or whatever like uh, servants etc. Um, and then there's uh, monsters, mm, like non-human characters, and those basically they, those just attack you. Like when they find you, they just attack you, and you can you basically um, you basically fight them with your sword. That's kind of the oh, gist of it. Or, yeah, or abs- your, absolutely. Or and I mean, arrows. I mean, not to not to go, you can go on about what you personally don't like about, it, but like the game definitely. The, the the game definitely takes a downhill anytime I have to actually engage in a fight. At in yes. any point in that time, I'm having a, an unfun experience. I will say that. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the biggest big point for me is uh, combat um, is uh, is not great. And toward the end, um, it it leaves the um, it leaves the you know it leaves this realm of the city. And um, it's not to its, it's not it is not to its benefit. Uh, um, although I do like the, I, I do think the final thing that you do is pretty pretty funny. Well, I uh, mean, I mean, I, I'll I'll go over the plot, the actual plot right now. I guess um, I may not get mm-hmm. the names right or whatever. But basically, yeah. after a certain level, you're commissioned to steal a sword from a man named Constantine. Um, and it turns out Constantine was testing you. So then he wants you to get an eye, but this is, I'm, I got to bring out a chalkboard for this, but to get the eye, you need to get, uh, these talismans of elements. And after you do that and then get the eye surprise, Constantine's a bad guy. He's secretly a demon pagan God called the trickster. He's basically Satan under a different name or whatever and um then the final stretch of the game is you going to um the hammersmiths or whatever the basically the templars and any other sort of hammerites yeah and and you you have to enlist their help which obviously they're starting to be besieged by monsters so you're really just going through previous areas going through monsters and um it becomes very linear especially the last mission, which is fine, it's it's running, it's a little bit of combat, it's a little bit of whatever. But thankfully, I do like the very end where you have to swap the eye with a booby-trapped eye, and then yeah. as as the devil creature is like going on his speech or whatever, you're hiding above on your little rope or whatever, just watching as he uh, murders himself. It's fun. It's it's very fun. Yeah, yeah. Going down on the rope is really fun. And again, the great, you know, the the great appeal of it all is that it's not a scripted thing. It's all, um, it's when sort of a, an ideal situation is born out of just the freedom of the mechanics. And uh, in that case, they set it up. So it's obviously really funny that you come down from the ceiling right there with the rope. Um, but uh, you don't have to do it like that. You know, you can also just walk in. But um, but yeah, uh, the um, it's it's the Hammerites are basically the good guys. You know, they they worship this thing called the Builder, which was like you know, it's like a good god. And then the pagans worship the Trickster, who you know, it's the, the devil. And the keepers, one of which um, 
uh, sort of, um, you know, takes you in as an orphan and uh, teaches you in the art of the of thievery. They are like this neutral party that um, that is supposed to keep the order between the two factions. Um, and I think uh, I think that stuff is is uh, good or it's like tall like <laughs> in, in a lot of in a lot of settings that would be lame. But I think it's tolerable that you know good versus evil thing because it's set in this sort of you know shadowy. Um, bleak city environment i think it's a it's a good um good setting for that um, i i agree i mean i and, think in any moment where i would like roll my eyes at how cliche something is there's usually something else to it that sort of gives me an edge where i'm like okay this isn't that bad and especially when you consider the time this game released or whatever like yes. cliches were very common in video games very especially late 90s, first person 2000s, sort of like edginess. a lot a, a lot should be said for the game's variety in this sort of way um and yeah. um yeah also would you agree that it um you know sort of the setting and stuff it there's there's some horror that um, <laughs> i was gonna ask you earlier d- did you get scared at any point <laughs> i played no, with I mean, my it's... headphones on so a lot of times like a random sound or something because there's there's gonna be times where um, yeah. you're gonna hear something from another room or a, behind a wall or something that sort of gets to you and you're like oh shit what did I miss that and um, <laughs> that that yeah, would I mean, get me you know I would say there's some you know there's a gothic atmosphere to it and um, really just you know it being a confrontation avoidance game and you sort of the first person of it. And stuff. It it definitely leads to the you know definitely leads to um to to it being like you know being being scary in some moments or being like you know I'm really out here alone. I maybe I don't know where I am. <laughs> um, oh God! But you know it's of course um it gets mitigated um in some some to some extent. By just the PC thing of quick save and quick load. <laughs> oh yeah, I did that, and also Pablo's found out about this earlier. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say <laughs> it for the cast, everybody. You could press Control Alt Shift End, and then the episode, then the level ends. Um, which was, I'm not gonna say whether or not I did that. I would never <laughs> imply that I did that, but you could. You Especially when that, you right. when you get lost in an area and say yeah. fuck it, I don't want to do this anymore. You you could do that when you're not doing a podcast about the game. You could do that, you know. <laughs> in theory, yeah, definitely. Um, I, right. I would say I I don't know what you want to personally talk about. I want to talk about personally two things in regards to the levels. I think the thing I do like about it, especially in the first half, I think the first half, when we just complained about the second, is it's very strong and there's a lot of variety in the things. Even if I didn't like the thing that happened, it it was a change of pace. For instance, the uh, there's a level, at the start of it, you, you've you got a huge payday, you went to a place to buy some stuff, and then like the mission starts uh, with the objectives like, fucking go steal some shit, and you're like, awesome. But when you actually get into the game, the shopkeeper dies, and then you get new objectives, and then you have to tail some people, and you have to watch them as they sort of go back to their little uh, area, and then you go into the mission proper, where you're like fuck this guy i'm gonna steal his shit 
And um, I like that. That that was awesome to me. And yeah. um, the other thing I liked was uh, I liked the uh, the undercover level, the un- the the level where you go undercover as uh, one of the Hammersmiths or whatever. Yes, um, that's a highlight. That is a highlight, um, particularly because it's not that big of a level, and you feel you feel unafraid for the for a large majority of it. There's near the end, you have to escape it, and that's where the tension builds up. Um, and mm-hmm. obviously, there's secluded areas, forbidden areas, almost like uh, what Hitman will do later, where it's like even though you're in a disguise, there's only certain areas where that disguise will let you go. Um, yeah. Stuff like that is very strong to me, and um, I hear apparently. Um, there's a debate in in you know the communities whether or not Thief One or Thief Two is better, and apparently Thief Two has more condensed, focused levels, um, where it has less of a breathing room, and um, it's much more like a a small map, but it's more detailed in that way. And in that, I might like it more. I would definitely play a Thief Two on this cast so we can so, compare and contrast. I think you will, you would like it more. I also. Th- seem to remember that it uh they definitely at the time the feedback that we had regarding combat and non-human npcs like any like monsters and um, that they didn't that they got that feedback even back then and that two uh focuses uh much more on the urban um the urban setting and the urban like urban levels uh and less so, so on the Less so on the supernatural, I suppose. Yeah. That's so, that's um, that's also a point in its favor. I, I like there's there's a point of it where I, I like it, but um I think I think particularly in the levels themselves, they dragged on. I, I think the creatures look pretty crazy. <laughs> um, I like the creature design and I like um I, I there there's there's um I, I guess the way to say it is I don't like it when I'm in a cave. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. my problem and when it comes to the monster stuff there's a lot of caves especially like bloody caves or different elemental colored textures or whatever that stuff's really yeah. ugly to me and i get lost easy um but like for instance when you go to what's his face's castle who's the trickster guy the trickster guy's castle or whatever that has a much more um typical feel to it but it's all- constantine yeah when you go into constantine's mansion um there's much more of a it still feels twisted it feels twisted in a very in a much better way to me where i'm like this is not a normal uh, area it feels um disturbing but i can still make sense of everything uh in terms of architecture and where i am you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah no for sure um i i i would say that uh yeah no i, I mean i i think too is uh, could also be more and more even more up my alley but um, I'm still, still, uh, you know, the game is obviously all sort of very like blocky, you know, and a very you know, flat, both flat and blocky, like the textures and stuff, and 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 uh, um, just you know the some you know some some the architecture and stuff. It's very like, you know, flat, flat and blocky. <laughs> but uh, I think at the same time they managed to evoke um, a lot with it, and um, also like. Yeah, I think it's like a beautiful sort of, um, just a beautiful first, 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 uh, first attempt or like a beautiful first. Yeah, for, for this, like, uh, and they already nailed so much of it, and um, and like 
you know, stuff like if you, if you did a bow mechanic today, you wouldn't do free aiming like this game does, where you have like a, like a little thing you look through and a you have scope to almost. Of, what's that? Like on the bow, there's like a. It's I don't know. I don't even know if you'd call it a scope. But there's like that little aim reticle thing. You know. You know. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, right. But you still have to get used to it, and you will miss. Um, you will miss shots. Uh, and obviously today, like you know, that stuff is super streamlined. I don't know what like Tomb Raider games. I think the new ones have like bows and like. Horizon Zero Dawn was a bow game, I think. Um, obviously, it's much more streamlined these days. I and, definitely uh, think this is yeah, a game. I think Go the ahead. arrows are great. Um, they're kind of the heart of it for me, almost. Uh, enable so much creativity. And um, I think it's telling that one of the final things you do, you could say the penultimate important thing, you have to use all four uh all four uh, arrows. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Um, when you go into the different things and you have to like utilize the water arrows to get rid of the fire elementals or what have you. Like, is that what you're referring to? No, no, the portal. Um, oh, like around to... the fucking thing, right? Go ahead, talk. About What's it. that? Talk about it. No, I mean it's it's nothing big. It's like you know you have to close the hell portal and uh, yes. you have to shoot out for lights and just it's not really it's not tough it's just you have to use the element that, that counters the other but it's it's kind of a lot like it's a lot of like kind of a final demonstration of like yeah it's like it's, it's like a sort of small victory lap for for this mechanic of the different arrows well it's like a system <laughs> thing it's it's what you said about emergent gameplay where where it's like it, it it's like it's a very small test i guess i but it it's sort of like it's sort of cementing, you know, this this system, it works. And what I think is really pretty about it is, like, it is a playground. Each little level is a mini playground, for better or worse. Some playgrounds mm -hmm. are more equal than others, I should say. But um, being able to have your own experience in this is definitely fun. Um, you could argue things about whether or not it should be more detailed in certain things or more focused. But yeah, as yeah. far as like quote unquote the first, this this gets it right on the first try. If you picked up this game now, you'd definitely be facing some old shit. Um, I would possibly recommend some mods. I don't know what mods are out there to update it. But like that being said, like you will immediately see the appeal of the game. You know, yeah, like like so. even now you can see what's special about <clears throat> this game. Yep, uh, I I totally agree. Um, Right, I think uh, yeah, and, and what's surprising is that going for forward, I ah, uh, it isn't it's it, the games that are closest maybe to this. I are the ones I haven't enjoyed yet. <laughs> I don't know what it's really weird. Like uh, I I love Splinter Cell, and obviously New Hitman is really fun and stuff, and something like Dishonored, which arguably is closer to uh, Thief, um, is uh, just I couldn't. Couldn't get into it. I mean, I never played the Dishonoreds. I was under the impression it was like Thief, but with like Bioshock powers or something, right? Is am I am I on the mark? Yeah, yeah, but it's also like similar in that it's, I, you know, I mean, it depends on what you focus on, I guess. I guess you could say Hitman is also very, uh, new Hitman is also very uh, close to to Thief. Um, 
in in some some in that clockwork. I mean, um, I think I think in aspect. comparison to like Thief and Hitman, for instance, um, I'm particularly talking about like the Blood Money's 2016 uh, ilk, like that that cut of Hitman. Like I think I think it plays a lot like the undercover level, but like there's a lot of stuff I enjoyed about. Um, thief where it regarded the architecture or actually hiding or actual stealth there's a problem i have with hitman where it 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 feels like almost like a stalker simulator and Mm -hmm. eventually when you do the stalking simulator long enough you find out an easy way to kill the guy and you just kill like it's it's not hard in actual stealth terms whereas in thief i am literally dancing between shadows i am jumping from shadow to shadow when the guys aren't looking does that make right. sense? No, totally. I think that stuff has gotten a bit unpopular, um, especially with also like Splinter Cell, which is all about, you know, the light and dark uh, um, sort of uh, going away. Please come back. <laughs> uh, I need I need more more of those. Uh, but uh, but but yeah, um, like mm-hmm. what I what I think a key difference is to to Hitman is like. In Hitman, it's really all about those costumes and the funny scenarios and stuff, and the different objects you can use and stuff. And there is, it's less, you know, the, the mechanics are de-emphasized. Um, you know, the throwing is like automated and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, the, the um, the you're always on the same level as people. You're just walking around. Whereas Thief, you really feel like, you know, in a lot of levels, you have like there's uh, there's verticality to the levels you're getting um you're exploring crannies and and you know uh getting into spaces which um the others don't don't like the other people don't don't get to and, so, and there's like secret areas there's switches to open walls and when you read notes you you have dynamic mission settings and dynamic like level things like oh yeah. i need to do this now to get to here and like that's kind of stuff's not even a thing in like a hitman no know? no yeah um so yeah big uh you know with some caveats but big recommendation for even the first thief and uh maybe yeah well i know if we uh, do another one of these uh, as an episode but uh, i'm sure we'll play uh, two at some point um but i'd uh, be yeah, down for it next halloween any... because clearly thief is a very halloweeny game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes so happy halloween everyone um i hope uh, <laughs> i hope, I hope you, this uh... comes out before thanksgiving or else we'll look really bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah happy halloween and look forward to our uh christmas episode in january um but, but uh, until then we have some other stuff of course uh we have a very special surprise for the end of the year i'm i think we'll uh keep that a surprise for the moment um but for next week or next episode i should say we have uh we have a guest joining us, Sean. Uh, first, this is uh, his first uh, appearance, his debut on our cast. Very much looking forward to that. And we'll be playing Leisure Suit Larry. Uh, almost <laughs> messed that up. Leisure Suit Larry. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which version to play. Aren't there like three versions of this game? There is several versions, yes. Um, I think I will go with the original uh, 
the original DOS release. Redo I might DOS. play the new remake, question mark. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll talk we'll about see. it when it happens. I think Sean has been doing extensive research. Uh, we've also, since we've had a, the Donkey Kong episode and then we did a, took a week extra, uh, he, he's been using the, the time for ex, for really, uh, extensive research. So, uh, um, relying on him wait, time as out, the expert. Time out. This is going to sound weird. What do you mean by extensive research? I think he's played... I think he's played both the original and the remake. I'm not sure. Oh, I mean, I was sort of making a a lust joke here. Uh, oh. Because I wouldn't mind doing some research of my own. You get it? <laughs> no? Nothing. All right. <laughs> save, save, save them for next week, uh, next time. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm looking forward to that. I love Sierra, as everyone knows, and this is my moment. Oh, one last thing. Uh, today, uh, day of recording, they announced remake a remake of the first season of uh, Seven Max. Um, and the Telltale char- stuff. Chalking that up to our covering the first game. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. No, I mean they clearly heard our podcast and they were like, "The demand yeah. has never been higher." <laughs> right. Uh, although when I first read it, I was hoping it was a remake of of the first one. I was like, that's what I thought for the, for the moment for the in the first moment of reading that, and I was a bit disappointed because I thought that would have been cool. But uh, oh man, a, a, oh well. a real remake using the 3D models for Hit the Road, or even just a higher res thing like Day of the Tentacle remake. We we I mean I guess we'll eventually go into at least one of those remakes eventually. But like yeah, Hit the Road needs a remake for sure. I wouldn't say need, but I would have found it interesting. You know, I would have found it cool yep. to just to have some new players to come to it and stuff. But okay, uh, I mean, we didn't even it, it wasn't even that uh, it, we weren't even that <laughs> that high on it. <laughs> um, if we if we're being honest, <laughs> it was like we, definitely one of our uh, one of the games where we had the most uh, criticisms. That game of the shows where we had the most. Uh, to to nag is our least favorite so far panzer dragoon oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man let's see how long that title lasts i'm very curious yeah yeah we'll see maybe larry next week swoops in we (laughs) should find out but uh, until then thanks for listening and uh yeah enjoy the rest of your halloween stay classy everybody (laughs) 